0: letters fifty three and fifty four of the history of lady barton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the history of lady barton by elizabeth griffith letter fifty three lord hume to lord lucan st Omer's. Here I am, and here, like a fool as I am, I have been loitering these three weeks without any kind of business or pleasure to pursue, or even a creature to converse with, except honest old Saunders, who wonders mightily at my lordship for passing my time so lonesomely as he phrases it. You will perhaps wonder too, till I inform you that I have the pleasure of seeing Fanny Cleveland every day don't envy me lucan for i am only permitted to gaze at her across the street where we both live at present i wish i had a little of the fascinating power of the basilisk in my eyes that might make the dear girl throw herself into my arms and may i perish if i would injure her when she was folded there but how came i here in the midst of my friends alone you'll be curious enough to ask to which i can make no other answer than to repeat the hint i gave you from paris with regard to some mystery or other relative to sir george's concerns it cannot be any affair of gallantry or a sister would not be his confidant it cannot be a business of honour or i should probably have been let into the secret we may fairly conclude then that it must certainly be some second love engagement or other of difficulty which his romantic punctilio may not leave him yet at liberty to divulge. For he appeared to be one of the knights of the sorrowful countenance, as well as your lordship, when I met him first at Naples. However that matter may be, I have taken care, ever since his reserved communication to me, never to distress him by my visits, and though we travel the same road together, I may be rather said to attend on than accompany him all the way. "'I remember when my infatuation for Margarita "'was at the height Your telling me "'that I loved Fanny Cleveland notwithstanding. "'I was surprised at an assertion then "'which I now find to be true. "'But allowing this fact, "'which I suppose she must be certain of as well as you, "'by my hankering after her at this rate "'and the timid respect I treat her with "'from my window, which is directly opposite to hers, "'tell me my heart, if this be love. "'Don't you think she uses me rather too severely?' But all lovers are unreasonable, and false ones deserve mortification. Though perhaps it may be my own fault that I am kept thus aloof, for I am such a bashful penitent that I have not courage enough to desire leave to wait on her, though surely at some favorable interval might be contrived, even amidst the occupation of the most secret family intercourse, to afford sufficient leisure for the common decencies of friendship or politeness. I would give any consideration— that the first interview was over end as it may but i do not urge it though i am convinced that sir george knows nothing either of the engagements or the breach between his sister and me i wish i could pluck up heart of grace enough to tell him all about it for as i told you before he is a very sensible man and though he had lately some honourable attachment or other and may perhaps have entered into a new one since without any manner of imputation for constancy to the grave is both madness and folly yet i think it is at least ten to one that he has had some little gaiete de coeur in the margarita style himself at some time of his life and therefore would not make such a fuss about a man's having strayed a little out of his road on a common as his prudish sister might do who to be sure like all other Diana steers exactly by rule and compass I wish you were here at this moment to advise me how to conduct myself under my present difficulty for I am in confounded awkward circumstances and though you pretend to be a much modester youth than me I will be hanged were you in my situation if you would not extricate yourself much easier than I can possibly contrive to do but whither has my former undaunted spirit taken its flight to of late i had once the courage to give a bold affront and yet tremble now at the justice of asking pardon for it Thus conscience conscience Lucan makes cowards of us all if they get over to England before I have obtained leave to wait on miss cleveland it is all over with me for I may visit Sir George seven years and never see his sister my last resource must be to get into the same packet-boat with her and pray most devoutly for a good storm in our passage that we may be cast away and that I may have an opportunity like Jaffer to save her life with half the loss of mine or else that the waves may swallow me and my folly together, and so leave no trace behind of your affectionate friend, Hume. P.S. You are so confoundedly dry and uncommunicative that I have left off asking you any more questions about your mistress, if she should turn out a diavola like mine, I mean Margarita. I am sure you won't be such a simpleton as to tell me, and yet it would be but good-natured of you to let me laugh in turn write to me however and direct to for right I here we are all to set out for old england next week End of letter fifty three letter fifty four lord hume to lord lucan saint omer still and my tutelar saint shall omer be as long as i exist little did i think my dear lucan when i concluded my last letter that i should write to you again from this place where the dull uniformity of my life seemed nothing calculated to afford the least subject-matter for another line but chance how much are we all indebted to chance has happily furnished me with material sufficient to write an epic poem if i were but as good a poet homer as who must certainly have taken his name from this place h non es lettera you know for i insist upon it that the burning of three real good and substantial houses in this town is to the full as interesting a subject to all mortals now living as the famous conflagration of his imaginary troy i further affirm that helen was but a sunburnt dowdy to the lovely fanny cleveland whom i happier far than any hero living or dead have just now rescued from the flames and that the gentle delia colville is much handsomer than madame andromache who i think ranked next to her in beauty that Sir George Cleveland is as brave as Hector, and that your friend Hume is at least as much in love as Monsieur Paris. I do not mean either the tailor or the saint of that name, but the very identical Trojan with whom Leda's daughter ventured herself on shipboard, as my adorable Fanny will presently with me. May prosperous gales attend our Argos, a richer sure than ever sailed from Colchis. For I do not now stand in need of the machinery of a storm the glorious element of fire has purged away my foulness and like the asbestos i am rendered pure again my fanny too rises a new-born phoenix from her nest i am in such spirits lucan that i find it impossible to give you a rational account of this charming adventure suffices it then to say that i had the happiness that expression is too faint analogy is the word to save my fanny's life may i not add i dare not pronounce it she must she will be grateful in her soft looks and downcast eyes i read my pardon signed the regards of anger are erect and fierce those of disdain oblique and scornful but fanny's eyes they never were so beautiful as now scarce raise their lovely lids and only sparkle through their sable fringe like stars in a clear sky i think that is a poetical image beat it lucan and i'll allow you to be about half as much in love as i am I cannot stay to scribble any more to you, rejoice with me, congratulate me, and believe me yours sincerely, Hume. P.S. If I ever recover my wits again, I'll deal out the particulars of my trial ordeal, but believe me, I would prefer my present inebriation to all the sober sense that ever was, from Solomon down to Samuel. Need I add the surname of Johnson here? End of letter 54 St. Homer's